Don't forsake, in Hebrews 10, 24, 25, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. This is not a choice you make on Saturday. We think, you know, should I, shouldn't I? If you're in that category, you're lost. I promise you. Okay, it's, this is what we do. We've lost this reality of gathering together. And I felt this verse come up. And I just want to share this as we get going because I've got a lot to speak other people to share here this morning. But it was in Song of Songs. And it says, it's calling us out. And it's saying, the one I love calls to me. Arise, my dearest. Hurry, my darling. Come away with me. This, the Song of Songs book there's many different ways guys look at it, but essentially they're saying it's Jesus. It's, it's, the, it's the life of a holy one speaking over his beloved. That's who's speaking over us. And Because I have come, as you have asked, to draw you to my heart and lead me out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. The season has changed. Okay, and you might think, well, it's still quite cold. The season hasn't changed. The season has changed. doesn't feel like it. Okay, now we're not talking physical. Don't get stuck in the physical world. We're talking spiritual here. The season has changed. Okay, the bondage of your barren winter has ended. And the season of hiding is over and gone. It's time to get out of hiding and come out again. And the church, this is what's happening with awakening and arising. Okay, uh, the rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers for the season, the season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land, not the annoying barking dogs next door at 6.30 in the morning. The cooing of doves in our land, filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. <laughs> Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? Do you discern what's going on in the times we live right now? Are you awake? To the realities, what's playing out around us, the early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whisper, there is a change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher places. For now is the time to arise. And come away with me, for you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. He loves to hear your voice singing, declaring how beautiful your eyes of worship and lovely your voice in prayer. Intimate this, eh? Here's the, here's the, here's the end. You must catch the troubling foxes. Those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid, they raid our budding vineyard. Of love, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Now, now, he, now he collectively calls us together and he says, will you catch them and remove them for me? We'll do this together. Come on, folks. What a beautiful kind of <laughs> declaration over us, saying, come on, awake, come away with me. But don't get caught up in all this other nonsense, these little foxes that are going to steal. Because what does it steal? The relationship between you and I. All the burdens, all the distractions, all the things we carry. What's the line? He says, will you catch them and remove them? We'll do it together. 
What a joy to do what we do with the Almighty together. Hey, he's in love with you. Hey? He is very much in love with you. Sometimes you don't fully believe that. The extent of his love that he would go all the way and die for you. But you get caught up and we get caught up in our own busyness and the own distractions of this life just to pause. And he's calling you saying, come, come away. Let's go and spend some time together. There's that song that speaks about that I'll waste time on him. No time's wasted, but you know what they're saying there, that you put everything else aside and just be before him. That's what he's calling. He's saying, awaken my beloved. I said this last week when we speak about the ecclesia awakening and arising in this time, in this hour. What are we saying? What are we meaning when we say that? We're not speaking that you're going to arrive and wake up on time to get to church. And that we must arrive now. It's beyond the meeting. It's beyond the gathering. We do this because we must not forsake the togetherness. But something's happening in the spiritual realm that we need to awaken to. The reality is what's playing out around us and he's calling us out. Saying, come my beloved. Come on. Come away with me. You, the things I've got in store, my destiny plan for you is being rolled out and played out in the time and the hour that you now live. Are we ready to walk with Him? It's not about attendance. No, the awakening of spiritually. Because what we've walked through in this last season, I can guarantee you is not the last time we're going to face chaos on the earth like this. Okay, so don't now get into something, okay, well, that's done. Wake up and realize it could come again. The realities of the tyranny of power and abuse of power that we've seen in and around the world and the way different people with power and corruption and control and the abuse of the power, they don't stop. Okay, there will be other ways and schemes to try and bring around a silencing of God's people. It will come over and over again. But this was the wake-up season for us. This was the time to say, sure, we were caught off guard by that. We didn't know how to respond to that. Wow, so much was seemingly taken from us, but all that stuff, but we held on to Him. Whoa, He's the one we hold on to. He's the faithful one. Everything that we have is in and through Him. That's what's building into us. Don't fall back into slumber. Don't fight back for comfort. Just to get the way things were. Things have changed. It's very different. Okay? And the enemy has tried to wear us down in the last 20 months. He's tried to wear you down. But the weapons we fight are not a carnal, not of the flesh. Love this word for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments. There's a lot of arguing in the world right now. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion. There's a lot of opinions that go higher and above, or they think above God. You're messing with marriage. You're messing with gender. Careful. You're talking to the holy, mighty God who set these things in order from the beginning. We destroy those lofty arguments and opinions raised up against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive, every scheme, everything captive that goes against and we bring it to obey Christ. Because He is truth. He is foundation. He is cornerstone. That's who He is to us. Being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Amen? Come on, folks. There's, this is the time and season. This is not the time and season to sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Entertainment church, not this. We don't entertain you here. Entertainment church is over. I promise you. It doesn't work. Okay? People are after the authentic 
move and touch of God. That's the only thing that's going to carry us through in this time and this season. There will be, there will, what happen, will happen now in the next year, two paths will form. The path that God says go this way and we are obedient to, or the ones where people stick to religion and duties. And the, the church has had this over and over. It splits paths, 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 and you always have a choice. Luckily, all the years that I've been involved in church and grown up, I've always been in an environment where we choose where God goes. But religion and tradition chooses what we want. And that still happens. That's going to happen now in the next year. It'll play out again. People will go with what God's doing in the season. Others will hold on to what they know and what they're comfortable with because it's too risky to go beyond what we know. It'll play out. So last week I spoke into two words, breaking up these six understandings we want to talk through Acts over the next little while. The two words were accountability and priority. Okay? And I asked that question, who are you accountable to? So, yes, we're accountable to Jesus. We allow our lives before Him. Our consciences are clear before God. Well, that's how we live. That's how we find hope and life. We get over guilt and fear and shame, all the realities of the lies of the enemy. We firstly set that in place. But the accountability to one another as a corporate, whoops, sorry, leaning there. Seriously, that was, I nearly flew there. Corporately together, being accountable to one another. As an eldership, we're accountable to each other. I don't, I don't just make decisions left, right, and center and say, you better listen to me. No, we talk. We're accountable to each other about the, the responsibility of oversight that Jesus has given us for his body. Okay? Your life falls into that as well. Who are you accountable to? Do you just get on and do it? Do you make a decision on your own and just, you know, I don't feel like doing that spiritual thing because I don't feel like it. Don't, don't feel like it's not an answer. It's not a choice. And that's what God's awakening us up to. And the power when accountability is done in love, it'll set you free. Amen. Accountability done in control and fear will stifle you. Yeah. There was a movement in the 70s called the shepherd, shepherding movement, where a lot of this brotherly love for one another became. And yes, I can get the sentiment and the beginning of it, and that that's where the whole thing, who's your covering? Who's your covering? That's where that came out of. Okay, and what it ended up being was controlling, that people wouldn't know how to make a decision, so they always go to someone like, so what do you think I do? Do I marry this woman or not? Or do I buy this car? Do I not want to do it? And so it was out of control that people were telling people what to do. It's not, it's out of love. Brother, I've got this decision. I've, you know, I've seen people, and I was reminded of somebody, as we go back 25 years ago now, and I was talking to them, they don't live in this country anymore, or whatever, and there's two people arrived at church 25 years ago, and they both walked in and love and said, we're getting married. And we all went in our heads, no, you're not. <laughs> Why? Because the community, we all knew it'll never work. <laughs> you're young and stupid. You think you know what you're talking about. You don't have a clue. That's in our heads. That whole thing just went in our heads. They didn't get married. Now, they live on other ends of the world. They don't really see and talk to each other, but they married other women and men and whatever, and their lives carried on. But in that moment, we knew we need to help them make a decision because they don't know what they're doing. It's like an accountability thing in love. That's how it works. Spiritual things where we pursue the things of God. And the next was priority. What are your priorities? There was a priority at 12 o'clock yesterday morning. To watch the Springboks win an incredible game of rugby. Yes. It nearly got stolen, but we came back. Those, those are fun priorities, but they're fleeting. 
It was wonderful to shout at the TV and scream and say, yes, we won. I, I think I gave Aiden a fright because I said, eventually luck's on our side. Yes. And he slotted the kick. But that's, that's just fun. Priority with regards to spiritual things. Awakening. Read your words. Speaking to the Father through the Son. Engaging with spiritual stuff in your life, in the community of what God's doing with us. What I'm going to say over these next few weeks is the reality of what God's been saying to us as a community and what we walk into. So I'm going to talk from Acts 2.42, which speaks about your teaching. Where are you getting sound teaching from? Where does that happen? Is it just on YouTube or you engage with what God's doing in this family? Yeah, fellowship, that word kononia, the breaking of bread, communion, and then prayer. Can't wait to get to that one because there's a lot which God is saying around that. So that's just, again, a long introduction to where we're going, because I spoke about in the Acts passage here, where it says in 2.39, and this is Peter now preaching to them, and this is what comes from it. It says, From the promise in you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. They've just basically said, We cannot believe we killed Jesus. They were cut to the heart, and they were added to, and he speaks about their children being included in this, Okay, and with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added about 3,000 souls that day. Okay, now we must remember, now I want to talk on family a little bit today, and a bit more about what we spoke about last week, about us being a community and a family of people together. And we're going to hear other voices that are going to add their stories of different aspects of their lives, of what it's been like to raise their children and to be husbands, to be fathers, to be wives, to be parents in the context of the world that we live in today. And every one of us have got a different story, a different scenario, different plays out, but we are made up as one body with all these different things of diversity coming together and making us one. This is the power this is the one power the church carries that any club, any parliament, any party cannot carry. Yeah. The power of diversity. Because the foundation of all our togetherness is Christ. Amen. Not a manifesto on politics. Yeah. Not a manifesto on values. Yeah. It's Jesus. That's why we can sit in a room like together and, and truly love each other. Because eventually, we all see it in some political party, some club, whatever, someone disagrees with somebody. And when there's disagreement, they don't have a value system that can work the two together to stay in the same place. One has to leave. Shame on the church for falling into that same trap. Disagreement, and this I hear Farnes' words echoing, disagreement is, doesn't mean you, uh, you lose your unity. Unity doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything. But the foundation is that Jesus Christ is the center of everything because He is the truth. He's not an opinion. He's the truth. He's not a theory. He's the truth. He's not a conspiracy. He's the truth. That's who he is. That's the foundation that we have. And as a family here, we see the, the Bible speaks about us being a family, being an army, being the bride. All these things speak into how we look, how we behave, how we treat and see the world according to being an army from the spiritual realms. Because we don't fight flesh. Okay, we take things on there, but we're a family. means we love one another. Okay? And God is a, is a generational God. That's the power in it. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, he did that on purpose because he's generational. 
how he thinks and how he builds and how he sees things going up. Things build after generation after generation after generation. You know, my, my reality is that my, my grandfather's brothers were all in the ministry. My dad's grand, grandparents were involved lay ministers within the life of a church, in the Methodist church. There's generational stuff in our, in our family line with what we do. You often see that playing out in just how things work out in people's lives. He's a generational God. So what's happened with your father, what's happened with your grandparents counts for now. And how we fight and how we stand for day. Like my mom made a decision. You know, she watched her mom get married and divorced. And she made a decision. That cycle stops here. And she set a new order going forward for our family. Now all my brothers and sisters are married and happy. Because of what she chose and set an order in the spirit. No longer. Not on this watch. Boom. Because she honestly got married thinking we'll just get divorced eventually. Because that was the norm she sought, learned from her mother. Honestly. She just went, we'll just get divorced one day. That was her thinking. But then she met Jesus. And the foundation changed. And she set an order in place. And honestly, folks, with regards to our children and what we are living in the times that we live under right now, we're under pressure with our kids and raising them in a world that where we live right now. But it's not hopeless. Okay? There's pressure on us and how we raise our children these days because they're being exposed to a narrative out there that is contrary to the ways of the kingdom of God. It's a narrative that's very subtle. And it just throws things out. This is where we as parents, as grandparents, play crucial roles in our children's lives. Their spirituality is your responsibility. And I said that last week. But this is again why we have a church community. And yes, all the children go out there. It's not, it's not all fun and games. They kind of just draw, just to pass time. No, it's, we are raising, that's the next generation, folks. Does the bay, the bay next week has been here for 28 years. 28 years. Okay, so what, who's going to be here in 25 years' time? Thanks for that faith. See, all the gray-headed people are going, yes. And all the people with more hair in the head aren't sure. Come, Neil. Yo. They, they are going to be the ones leading the show, leading the stuff. What we impart to them now is, is crucial. Okay? Yeah, I'm just seeing the different influences in the world, ideologies and stuff. So, again, I want to read another pa portion of passage here this morning, and then I want to get into interviews. I've got a, quite a few people I want to hear. You want to hear you hear from them this morning. Okay? We've got to see this picture here. Okay, parents, if you arrive here with the thinking of, okay, let's just get the kids out the way. Okay, that thinking's not going to be staying here. Okay, I can't. Okay, I know we, we all discipline our kids in different ways. We all have different understandings of what discipline might look like and how that all plays out. But if essentially, they're your responsibility, okay, to see them understand the ways of the Lord. They are imparted to and taught things here in this environment now. This is what I'm saying is we're all going to be involved in this. I'm going to go out someday. We're going to have to teach and part to them and talk to them the truths of who Jesus is into their heart and life. If we don't get that right, in 15, 10 years' time, we've got trouble. 
That's part of waking up now. Because it'll happen and before you know it, it's too late. It's what we build in, what we build in, what we build into their hearts and lives. I want to say to parents right now, if you've lost hope with parenting your children and their teenagers, it's not hopeless. Don't let the lie of hopelessness invade your soul and your thinking. Okay, mine are still young. I'm 13, she's getting there. And we might have challenges. I don't know what lays ahead of us. But I'll never, ever let go of the truth of who Jesus is. And I want to speak to those parents. I watched my brother, the chaos he ensued in our house. It looked hopeless. Honestly, it looked hopeless. The hardest thing for my parents was the day they drove him from Cape Town to Nopuert. Now, Nopuert is in the discount Narrens. It's in the middle of, no, there's nothing there. And they dropped him at this rehab. They cried all the way from Nopuert, all the way down to Grafrenet. Because it just ripped their hearts out. And now he's flourishing. Yeah. Talking on the phone, bro, like God's saying this to me. Da, da, da. It's never hopeless. See that, feel that faith rise into your hearts. Pray. Grandparents, pray for your grandchildren. Just pray. Pray. Speak life. Declare the words you speak out over them. It's never, ever hopeless in Almighty God. Okay? And I want to read from 1 Corinthians 12. And this is the passage where Paul speaks about the body being one body together. And remember, this passage also is speaking about the gifts Okay, and in the talking about the gifts and all the things that the body carries with gifting, he throws in this that we're one body together. So the importance of your gifting is, is not going to be ignored. Yes, we've tried to last year get that online and probably about 120, 130 of you have done the online gift assessment thing to give us an understanding. That's not forgotten. Just the times and seasons you did it. Oh, well done. Sure, I'm impressed. No, you did send me. No, no, I'm talking about the other one. Yeah, they're all eight kafang. <laughs> the one you didn't do. Yeah. Sure, but, but, uh, but thanks. I did get the one you did do. Yeah. The other one. <laughs> That's right. You should have just kept quiet, bro. <laughs> anyway, 129 of you have done that one. Yeah, That's right. I think we're still looking. We're looking at you. Yeah. That's the one where it's got about 150 questions. He hasn't done that one. But there's a purpose to that. Okay, it's not going to be forgotten. We just had different times and seasons of being together. We've not forgotten that. And we're going to give everybody a chance. We'll have iPads set up here. You can do it here after church and fill it out and sit and do it. Because when we understand the point of the gifts is that they're not for you. They're for each other. So the gift that I carry in my heart and my life is so that we all benefit from it. It's not for you just to come sit in a chair and withhold it to yourself and go... Oh, that's cool. And you never utilize it. And you know what? Your gifting isn't restricted to these four walls. It's actually so much beyond. Why don't you use your gifting in your office place? It might be the gift of encouragement. And your boss might be an ugly tyrant and you encourage him and then he starts liking you. I've experienced that. And just show love. Okay, it's not for you. And if you don't understand what your gift is, you are a part of the body that is dysfunctional. And not functioning to its full ability. You are like the, what's that part of your body we don't really know what it's for? The appendix. Although it does have a point. But it just then causes pain, you've got to take it out. But now we don't need to put a new one in, but just take it out. Okay? You, none of you are the appendix. Okay? We all have purpose and part. Okay. 
1 Corinthians 12, it's further on. I don't know which verse it is, but it's further down. We start speaking about the body. And I'm reading from the Passion again. It just brings out clarity. It says, I want to read the whole thing. Just as the human body is one, okay, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. For by one spirit we are, we, we are all, spirit we all were immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jew or non-Jew, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of that fountain of the same Holy Spirit. That's what we encounter here this morning. There's no lesser degree, no matter where and what you, we're all got to encounter the living God this morning because we're one in Him. We all drank from that fountain of life this morning that is within us. In fact, the human body is not one single body, single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, well, you know what, since I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body. What's basically saying, Neil's saying to me, well, I'm not the preacher, I don't want to be a part of this body. You're basically saying, I don't have anything to add. If I'm the foot... I want to be the hand. Well, I don't, I don't feel like I need to be a part of this thing. Um, it's forgetting that it is still a vital part of the body. And if the ear were to say, well, since I'm not an eye, uh, I'm not really part of the body. It's forgetting that it is still an important part of the body. We all play different parts to form the one mingled thing of it. It says, now think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, <laughs> if he lived on Price Drive, I don't know how he'd get up the hill because you just have to roll down all the time. Okay, we're just an eyeball. Okay, how could he hear the sounds? Okay, and if the whole body were just an ear, I know some people with big ears, but they were just an ear, how could it smell all the different fragrances? One part needs the other to make up the whole. It's so important, this. But God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as He desires. It's very important, as He desires. Not what you want, not how you like to be, and what you can get out of this. It's, it's His body. And He set you in order so that He can get what He desires out of you to see the body flourish. Amen. A diversity is required. For if the body consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are many different parts and functions, but one body. This is kindergarten when it comes to church. We all know this. But it's time to awaken and live it. And be it. And not see it, but actually be it. It would be wrong for the eye to say to the hand, I don't need you. So I could say to Pat, you know what, Pat, I don't need you. No. <laughs> but I wasn't talking to that Pat, I was talking to this Pat. So Cynthia, what's happening? I was talking to the other Pat. Okay. We all need each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's simple. It's kindergarten, honestly, this stuff. It would be wrong to say, I don't need you. And, and equally wrong if the head said to the foot, you know what, but I don't need you. If you've ever in your heart said to somebody in a church community, I don't need you, 
you don't get it. No matter what status of life they live in, or what position they're at, if you've said in your heart, I don't need you, you're nothing to me, you've lost the plot when it comes to how the, the Lord set the body in place. Careful, South Africa, because we fall into that. The body parts we think are less honorable, we treat with greater respect. Okay, and if the body parts that need to be covered, let me just read that verse again here. In fact, the weaker our parts, so I left the part out there. In fact, the weaker our parts, the more vital and essential they are. So you think about, he's saying about weak parts, not weakness in, in that they function in, in the way that they are vulnerable. So your heart, your lungs, those realities are vulnerable parts, weaker parts, you can put it that way, the more vital and essential they actually are. The body parts we think are less honorable, we treat with greater respect. It's very powerful for us to be able to do that. And the body parts that need to be covered in public, we treat with priority and clothe them. Thank goodness we've all got clothes on here this morning. But some of our body parts don't require as much attention. Instead, God has mingled the body parts together, giving honor to the lesser members who lacked it. He has done this intentionally so that every member would look after the other with mutual concern so that there will be no division in the body. So if I never cut my nails, yeah, that is gross, I agree. It's not cool. I mean, I've seen these people, they grow their nails for years and they're like, I'm gross, man, don't do that. That's just not cool. But if you, don't, if, you, if you neglect a part of your body, okay, you're neglecting the function and the form of it because you think it's a lesser part and I don't need to worry about that. What he's saying here in that passage is that he's done this intentionally, okay, where we, the lesser members and the members who lacked it become all the different status, all the different parts we play, making together. He says he's done this on purpose. It's intentional that it looks like this. Okay? So that every member would look after each other with mutual concern so that there will be no division in the body. There's no judgment. I'm not better than you, Matthew. And you're not better than me. We're one. But we have different gifts, functions, and roles. See how beautiful it is. The diversity brings about the intentionality that Jesus had in purpose for his body so that there wouldn't be division. How many have seen us division in the church? You know what? Because we don't respect each other. You know why there's division in the church? It's because people pursue their own agendas, their own motivations for gain, their own motivations to be heard, their own motivations for ministry power and international ministries. What for? When you don't have a functioning body that you are part of on your own, where there should be no division. And he's done it like that on purpose. And where there is division, it's exposing something in you. That was straightforward. Take that. In that way, whatever happens to one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. We all know that. If one is honored, everyone rejoices. So we rejoice with you, Shoes, for winning that competition and getting 50,000 rand that's going to go towards your studies now. God's providing for you. So we rejoice because we know this man's heart and what he wants to, and that the thought of raising that money, you're going, God, how? But he's making a way. So we rejoice. 
But then one part of the body suffers. Do we all suffer? Do we? Really? We just go, oh, shame, man. Shame. And we just kind of carry on. The last 20 months, we've suffered. We've faced death. We all feel it. There's the test of being a body. For Maxine and losing your mom and the realities of that pain that she's walking in, the, the pain in her heart of losing your mother. We all feel it. And you know what? You have to feel it. If you don't feel it, you've got to ask yourself something. There's a question in that. So here's the test when it comes to this, and I'm going to get to these other people to add their voices now. We're not talking about all our brothers and sisters who we've never got to meet who are in the church in Afghanistan, in the church in China, the church in the United States, all around the world. Okay? Those are brothers and sisters, sisters of ours that one day we will meet and hear all the stories of all that they went through. Okay? We're talking about this body. This, this body here is a micro kind of form of the entire body. It's like the body multiplies itself into micro forms. So this, this gathering here is a whole body. It's not just an arm of the whole thing around the world. It's micro, microcosms of the big picture, but it still functions like a whole body. So we don't say, you know what, in Musenberg and these churches down here, we don't need the, the feet. We'll just carry on without it. Let the oaks in Camps Bay, they can have the feet. Okay, we'll have, no, this is here a whole body. If we are missing, well, I nearly said teeth. If we're missing teeth, we're all missing some teeth. If we're missing ears in this body here, we will not hear it. If we can't see together, we will miss it. One body here, together, aligned, purpose to heart. Okay, but when one part of the body suffers, it all suffers. When I hurt this chest, when I was playing hockey, and I fell on my chest with my stick, it was very sore. For a long time like six seven weeks i actually went for x-rays because i thought i cracked a rib everything in my whole body suffered i couldn't sleep properly at night the emotional pain of this thing every time i got up it was uh, feeling it my whole body suffered, wife suffered. my wife suffered <laughs> the house suffered everybody why did you say that that's just like it sounded like i had man flu you know but men, we all know when to milk it. We know when to, you know, oh, baby, sorry, can't do the dishwasher. Can't wash the dishes. Can't cook. Can't go to the shops. Can't do anything. But I can go hiking. Hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men, come tonight. We'll sort that problem out. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Okay, there needs to be an understanding, you see, how we see each other. And when it comes to community. And uh, we will only, you know, just... Final thing, yeah, and we get to these other voices. When I think about this church community, you know, I, I've been here since an 18-year-old. When I thought about it this morning, I'm like, that's ridiculous. That's 28 years. 28 years part of a community. I mean, Bob and Pat have been here forever as well, and people that we know, Herman and Joan, guys have been here forever. You know, that my thinking when it comes to that is I'm going nowhere else. I'm not thinking about what my next step is. Honestly, my, my thinking is I'm here for the rest of my life until God says. And I hope that's your thinking too. Because if that's not your thinking, you're double-minded and unstable, thinking, well, I'll be here, be this, and you're unstable in all your ways. You want both truths. You know what? I, that looks very appealing. Uh, maybe we'll be, you know, I'll just hover until you lose out. I have benefited in the 28 years of the stories and the testimonies because of just sticking out in a community and walking it out together, I now can partake in the spoils in my own heart 
of what God has done here. Because of his faithfulness to us and what he's done. Just from sticking around. Yeah, there were times I sat here and go, goodness, dad. My dad preached a lot, obviously, thinking, I don't know how much longer I can listen to this guy. (laughs) And I love him to bits. But like, I knew when he said one word, I knew what joke was coming before he even thought it. (laughs) Now, bless him, he's got a whole new group of people that they don't know any of his jokes and he's the funniest guy in the world. That's the, that's the point of the body. We all love each other, but the seasons and times. I mean, when I was suffering, it was annoying for Kathleen. That's what we walk through. These are the, the things. But don't give up because it doesn't suit you. Stick it out. That's why when we prophesied, we spoke over Tino and Latasha's little guy here. In 15 years' time, I want to see that young lad playing the drums. Because he's part of a community. He's part of us together here. And we only benefit... Okay, when we show faithfulness and stickability and courage to stick it out. Okay, and it's not suit me anymore and go back to what we want. And it's the reward of marriage, friendship, and community of what produces over years. And if you can't see that, if you can't see that, be very careful that your love doesn't go crawl and you get deceived in this time and hour. Because that's going to take place more and more. I've seen, from this community, I've seen many's love grow cold. They go, well, I just, they drift off. And you know what? They go nowhere. And then you lose out. Because you're a foot hovering on the outside of the body. is dysfunctional part that doesn't play in part of the whole together. Yeah. And the season has changed, folks. It's time to wake up. And what sustains it? Us working together. And being a diverse body. That God works in and us and makes us one because of Christ. Now what I want you to do is I want to hear from different people. And just a few minutes with each person. Is that... The diversity of our body and raising our children in this day, in this hour, is our power. Is the beauty of what we have. And I wanted to hear from different people's contexts of what it is, all the parts of the body, all the gift things making of this body. So, what it's been like for somebody who's a single mom to raise her children. What are the challenges that you've had? We did speak to the context of some, what's, what it's like to live with an unsaved partner. Okay? There's challenges in that. What do we do? We'll get someone in in due time to speak into that. Hearing from a mom's heart. Hearing from a father's heart. Okay, raising children, differently abled children that you've got challenges with. How does that look? How does it work for you? We need to understand that together. Grandparents, how's that been? Raised your own children, but now you have grandchildren. What does that do for you? And orphans. And we want to hear from these different kind of parts today. And let's take a couple of minutes to roll you. I'm sorry we're going to go over, but... This is uh, part of it. So Robin, you're up first. Okay. And I want to commend this lady for all the background work she does here in the church. And we have a a debrief every Tuesday. Yeah. And the point of hearing these different stories is now that you can all relate. And you can hear different contexts. Robin's been with us in the Bay for probably 26, 25, 26 years. From very, very much near the beginning. And that, but the whole time that I've known Robin... She's raised her children as a single parent. Okay? And growing up, I didn't understand that. So I've got a few questions we're going to speak and we're going to hear from these. Come, come stand close. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so name, name some of the challenges that you've faced as a single parent yeah, being part of, of this body. Yeah. Well, um, just, just, just... Yeah, he's on. Just go louder, Peter. Um, yeah, well, I actually first want to say that when you look back over your life, you actually see... How God prepared you for what was to come. Mm. 
I was a boarder at boarding school from the year, from eight years old. Wow. So that teaches you independence, and I never lived full time at home after that. So it's just, anyway, I also was trained to be a single parent because I was married to a naval man, and um, directly after the birth of both of my children, he was not around for five weeks and the other one for actually a few more months. So um, my first challenge was swapping between being a single parent and then co-parenting with someone who hasn't been around, sure. and right. that was a big. Then my uh, very long challenge was uh, my children had learning challenges and they just did not fit into the schooling system. So I made it my job to find ways of getting them educated. And um, long story short, I found a Christian school because at the normal schools they were just tagged onto the tail end, um, weren't validated, um, suffered bullying, social exclusion. Then I found the Word of Life Christian School in Nordhoek, ACE school, where it was academically challenging, but they could go at their own pace, and that rounded them spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And they went on both, got their senior certificates, and um, Abby's got early childhood development, and they're both at Bible school. Abby has her honors. Joshua's five modules short of his bachelor's. Marcy's sitting here, testament to that. So they proved to themselves they could do it. And so it's actually, I've left God out of this, but he was, he was there all along because he inspired me, pushed me forward, etc. So that's... That was my main challenge, but also what I made sure I should do right through that is find out what they're good at. Abby sang in the back of the car the whole time. She had something special about her voice, so yeah. I searched high and low till I found a vocal coach. And um, Josh was also musical, and so they've been in concerts between the two of them. <clears throat> they've spent many hours on the stage at Mads, and, yeah. and Joshua even got to play it. Uh, chorus role in Annie at uh, Nico Milan. They've been in singing concerts. Um, Abby even taught singing for a while. So I just tapped into what God had given them. Yeah. So it was, mm. they carried on in spite yeah. of me because of God. So now I'm sure at times it was, it was hard. You were on your own, you know, single, making a lot of decisions. What is the role that the church community played for you? Right. So while I was in Fishhook, um, Nordhook, early days, I didn't really find a church that suited me, but I found a lovely group of Christian ladies who met, uh, we had a Bible study, and uh, I was looking around, looking around, and I was moving to Musenberg, and someone said, vineyard. So I sought the vineyard out, I went there, but Jeff wasn't there yet. He was in Plumstead at another branch, but I was started going to the vineyard here, and then, you know, I won't tell you the history of the church, but when Jeff came here, family, family's important. So this Kidwell uh, family was running Bay, um, and I immediately identified because Jeff and I are both from Eastern Cape farming communities. So that was great. And the big thing is that they were real. They were real, so um, our family just gelled in straight away. And Josh and Abby and I have been serving in the church ever since. Oh, from the beginning, with um, helps, with kids, with worship with whatever's going, support yeah. background. Job. But it supported you because in the whole thing of raising a child, you were not alone. Absolutely. A, a group, Absolutely. a community around you that gave yeah. you courage and yeah. gave you understanding. Yeah, yeah. And, and also Jeff was so approachable that 
even when I realised my marriage was doing my children more harm than good, I actually went to see him and um, so he smoothed that process and made me feel that I wasn't committing a big sin. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so the Kidwells have been, and it's just family, other yeah. families too, Marcy's family, I must doesn't name everybody. I was in five, six different home groups, so there was always family support. And um, this year, I've even made new friends in the Bay yeah. with our church, with our prayer group, um, people that I've known. But yeah, and and of course now I'm working here. Yeah. Aren't I the lucky one? Sure. Look at that. <laughs> Took you 27 years before we employed yeah. you. That's incredible. <laughs> That's patience, eh? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Robin. It's awesome. Just to hear from your perspective. Okay. I want to I speak courage. Um, who's up next? Lindsay, if you could start making your way here, girl. Okay. You don't have to be nervous. They love you here. Okay. And I want to speak over those people. You've got unsaved partners. Okay. Don't lose courage. Where's that verse in Corinthians? It speaks about because of your holiness, they are made holy. You know, so God doesn't forget. He sees all those realities. Okay, this is Lindsay. Hold that, hold that microphone there. Hello, big girl. How you doing? Where your, where your, where your ears? Hey, she had big Mickey Mouse ears, and I said, now that's why you're probably here and listen to your mom so much. Hey? so Lindsay's going to share with us this morning a mother's heart. Okay, to being a mother and raising children. Okay, and so the reality is a mother's heart is very powerful. Yes. Okay, for her children, you, for her kids, you would do anything for your children. Yes. Okay, try and describe that a little bit for us. The heart of a mother. I want to greet everyone the wonderful the name of Jesus. Yeah. I'm so honored to be here for this opportunity. I told myself I'm not going to want to be emotionally up on, on stage. But I just wanted to say I'm privileged that my mother is also here in the church today. And first of all, I wanted to say that God was so good and God blessed me with two beautiful daughters. And yeah, the day I, I gave birth to them, it brings so much joy and wow there's so much power in just um the name mother the mother's heart yeah. the mother have so the a mother has the mother loves her children what what is it the love is unconditional so i just want to encourage and i just want to honor today the mothers of um, the mothers in church for um being being such wonderful mothers and there's so much so such, such love to the children because that's so important like me as looking at my daughter i love her so so much and my, my daughter my other daughter's not here but i love them so much i will do anything for them and yeah with god's help i just want to install very good um values in them and that they must know what 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 god anything is possible Mm. And yes, okay. So the heart of a mother is very powerful. Yes, For very kids, powerful. You, if someone wrongs your child, the 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 strength comes out of you. You, you so, will run through a wall. Yes, I will. Okay. I will do anything That's for them. That's a mother's heart for children. Okay. Yes. So how do you pray for your children? What are your prayers for your? My prayers for my children is that they one day, not just one day, even now, that, that my girls must be worry, mighty warriors for God, and that God must use me to be an example for to to for them. And my prayers for them is to be successful in life. But what is success? They must can they must can help other people in need. Mm. And what I love from the place of the church, we as a family, we 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 are a family here. So since I I attended the place of the church, 
I felt so loved by everyone. And it's, I, never, I never attended a church like this before where there's so many, much love. And we feel so, um, so, so free and we feel, my children free, feel free and they can't wait to come to church. Mm-hmm. My daughter went, my, my eldest daughter, she went to, um, on holiday to my, my sister. And, but she said, I feel so sad that I can't be in church tomorrow, mommy. But she also wants to go. But she says, no, it's fine. You will be back with us next weekend. And, but, yeah, Pastor. Awesome. That's fantastic. Wonderful to hear. And that's okay. to hear the role just, of the church. I just yeah. wanted to say for, for everyone from, 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 the church, from the base of the church, we attend bubbles, family bubbles. And that really, 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 is, uh, I told him, is really doing amazing work. And they were the group. I just love every one of them. And Uncle Errol and Andy Tracy, thank you so much for everything. You guys do an amazing job. Mm. Rally God richly blessed this place. They go in and they come in, they go they come in and they go in out. And I just I just want to tell everyone that I just I just see that girl in there with the black. I just wanted to tell her that God loves you. I don't know what you're facing, but God loves you. I know it can be difficult. I I saw you on the way to the toilet. You were crying. But I just wanted to say that God, he sees, he sees your pain. And he just wanted wanted me to tell you that he loves you. Mm. Okay. Well then, Lindsay. Thank you, man. Awesome. Thank you, thank you. Cheers, big girl. Give us some knuckles. She's gone. There's the mother's heart. Powerful. Uche, if you can, he's going to come share us the father's heart. Okay. Now this is a different heart. Sorry, this microphone. A different heart for their children. What you fight for. Okay. So now, the brave, courageous father's heart that's never known weakness. Ah, I wish. Okay. That's what the world portrays it, but it doesn't feel like that all the time. Explain a little bit. Talk a bit about that. How the world sees boys don't cry. Yeah. Cowboys don't cry. Um, hello, everybody. Family. That's unfortunately the lie that um, we are different cultures we grew up with. Mm. Uh, we, don't, we don't cry. Men are strong. We are strong. And um, yeah, but I, it doesn't always feel that way. You know, especially in a world that um, you have no control over. You know, things happen. I mean, if it was that easy, uh, I, you know, I, I can scrap, or, you know, we, we can get into it. If I, if I know that, you know, it's a physical thing, we could, if it's a fight, I'll try. Mm. You know, but we have no control. You don't know when an accident is going to happen. You... You know, it's so insidious, the world we live in. Um, let me digress a little bit, and I'll try to be very brief. I know we've you know, stayed for long. You see, the, the one thing about life is that God has created us in his image. Part of that is that we have free will. It's a good thing. And right from the beginning, the devil has you know, attacked that and toyed with that. So as a father... Um, there are so many options from my side. There are so many thoughts. Do I go right? Do I go left, center? What do we do? My children, my child, whoever you're bringing up, 
has free will and you're trying to um, lead them in the best way. But they are free agents and you've got to respect that. And one of the, um, you know, one of the, 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 the greatest examples in the Bible is the, the, the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. You can look it up. Luke 15 from verse 11 to the end, I think 32 or thereabout. Read that story. You see, you know, broadly two categories, and it kind of explains what happens. What we see is, oh, the son comes back. Um, but you see the heart of a father, and God is our father. But God, who is God, will not force us to accept mm. salvation, mm. will not force us to accept the Lord Jesus. Sure. That's how important being created in the image of God is. It's how, that's how important having a free will is. And then Jesus, I mean, we read Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. There's a reason why it's that way. So um, if I just kind of move on, it, it's the Lord shepherds our hearts so that we can love him. Mm. You know, so it's, it's very challenging. Yeah. And especially now where education, you're talking about whether I, I know it all or brave, it's insidious. So like I was saying, if it was um, a matter of I see a big guy fighting, I could go train and all of that. We try and fight. But you don't know. I mean, the entire world, especially in, in our, our generation, the children, the formal education is such that it, it erodes gradually. And we're not talking of all the mainstream things we we know about, when I say mainstream, in quotes, about gender and all of those things. My daughter, I have a 13-year-old who reads better than me. <laughs> I, I kid you not. I mean, and she, when she was how old now, she, they have this system of teaching them how to read. And that's, it's good. It's a good thing. Um, her class read about, was it 7,000 words? They count, they have a way of counting the words they read. Seven million words or thereabout in the entire class at the end of the year. My daughter read almost five, you know, four, four million plus of those words. Wow. You know, she's an avid reader. Of all the books she reads, nothing talks about God or, and all of those things. So by the time she's 13, you're telling her about God. She's been taken in a different, you know. Wow, wow. Yeah. So the father's hard, you see, fights for that. But I love that free will thing. Yeah. Because, you, you know, like we said yeah, a couple of Sundays ago when we talk about if God doesn't force salvation on us, how can people force a vaccine on you? Okay. Yeah. That's the, one of the angles to understand that. Okay. So just understand that. He doesn't force salvation on you because you're a free agent in understanding who you're in God. But the father's heart has a responsibility yeah. for his child. You never let go of that responsibility. You can't Absolutely. force them, but you're leading and guiding and this drip feeding thing. That's what the education system does. Absolutely. You know, I thought about evolution. How did that get into our education system? Yeah. yeah. And it's just drip fed, drip fed. Now we accept it. No, you know. So just to wrap up there, the role the yeah. church community has played as well for you. And yeah. That. Okay. I'll, uh, yeah. So the, the church is absolutely vital, you know. Um, I love it that many times from the poop in different ways you've preached and others have also talked about the fact that we, we do life as a community. We do life together. And if you read through the Bible, 
Yeah. That's what we are taught. Mm. Okay? And so the church is very important. And, you know, one of the, we, we've prayed and, you know, we've done our bit. But one of the great things that has happened is that, you know, we have a system that caters for the youth, different ages and all of that. And so the children kind of know that they are not alone. They, the peer pressure at that mm. age is mm. very, very real. My daughter, you know, friendships and all, she, one of the things is like her friends are all in school. She doesn't want to be here and all, but she started making friends because she's not attending group. She, That's um, right. Same with us. <laughs> you know, um, and they are inseparable. You know, they are helping with the youth now. So that generational thing yeah. is already happening. Yeah. Yeah. And that has helped a lot. So she's, when it comes from us, it's like, ah, you know, we are talking. She listens, but she's, you know, could we be wrong? But when she sees that others are going through the same thing, like the Bible says, look, don't give up. Your brothers are also suffering the same thing. Or your brethren, not brothers, brothers and sisters, are suffering the same thing. So she's seen it at that level. Mm. And um, the thing about, and I'll wrap up here. I know I've talked a whole lot. Um, the thing about the prodigal son and the free will and all, see, God shepherds. Uh, so it's something we don't force them. You know, we, I, and I'm not going to let go. It's never, right. I love what That's you right. said, that it's not, it's not over. And you kind of said it all, so it's not over. And, um, you know, there are broadly two categories. You had the son, think of the father's heart, the, the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son. You had one son who, he goes off, he's doing his own thing. Our generation in the world today, fathers are faced with a world that is encouraging that as a correct thing to do. Yeah, yeah. We have a second son who stayed the good son. But that son in my, you know, the way I see, dwelt on the physical. He did everything but on the physical. When this, the prodigal son came back, that son was complaining, ah, look, I've been with you and nothing. And the father said, look, all I have is yours. So you have, there are two ways. You have a child who probably will not get the heart of the father will not understand that it's all about plugging in and let God lead. And you have the other one that just wants to go off tangent, that one we pray and we know. You know. So the challenge here and um, what the fight for the father's heart, um, what the father's heart drives at, and what church as a community makes much easier is to shepherd a child's heart in the ways of the Lord. If I can achieve that, my job is done. My job is done because God will take over and that child will be okay. Yeah. Amen. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we're nearly, we're nearly done. I'm going to come down to the grandparents. You guys can just stay there. Okay. Grandparents, what it's been like raising children, but also now praying for your own grandchildren and stuff. You brought a notebook as well. I'm impressed. I've got copious notes here. <laughs> yeah. So if you're nodding off, please just. Marcus Marcus Krug, man, sir. I'm going to just start here with John, we read a scripture which is from the, the Passion. It's very good, and I've got the wrong glasses on. <laughs> Can you read it while I find my glasses? I'm going to get your reading glasses on. Yeah, that's good. We were thinking about children, and you know, it's not easy bringing them up, and every set of parents is different with every child. We had two daughters. Very different, but very much the same in many ways. And 
when I read the passing translation, you remember that scripture that says, train up a child in the way it should go, when they're old they won't depart. Well, the passion brings it out wonderfully. It says, dedicate your children to God and point them in the way they should go. And the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. That's right. We don't realize the kind of teachers we are, you know. We think, oh, well, we just go through it and we do what we do when we do. It must be done deliberately. The way you treat your children, the way you discipline your children, all that sort of thing. And fathers, I need to speak to fathers. Fathers, you are so important in the family. You are like, I, I can't think of a word that describes the strength that fathers bring into a family. And mothers that are on their own know, you, you know how they must battle. My heart goes out to them because they haven't got that stalwart next to them that says, yes, go, or says to the child, you don't speak to your mother like that, or that sort of thing. They have to do it alone. So we really honor you that it, when you're by yourself and you're doing it all by yourself. Herman and I have been tremendous in, when we discipline, we discipline. That's it, together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a corner in there, yes. And yeah. me another amen, all right. Um, in the years that we've been here, there are young parents and I admire these young parents because they have passed something on from their parents and I see it's going to their children. Mm. And today, I would want to just really honor them and say, you young parents, you're doing a good job. Mm. The right. Lord bless you in what you are doing with your children because yeah. you've learned it from your parents. Yeah. And to those who haven't had that opportunity, the Lord says you've still got plenty of time you can start if you haven't had that opportunity from learning from your parents you start yeah. Yeah. Said, pick up That's pick right. it up and get going and yeah. the Lord will bless you in it uh, I I'll leave it at that I think we're running out of time yeah. I'm going to go on for years yeah, yeah. yeah. you've had years yeah. <laughs> I've had years yeah. Yeah. I want to where's that other one Do <laughs> uh, you remember that scripture that says, never let the sun set on your anger? Mm. What does that actually mean as well? As we've discovered in the years that uh, we had this teaching many years ago, and it applies even today, that when parents, when you are when you are argue, arguing and uh, you're going to bed, don't turn your backs on each other. Don't let the sun set on that. Rather, resolve the issue. Because if you leave it, wake up seething the next day. You give the devil the wedge to split the family. And his whole plot on the face of the earth is to break up family. To smash the family. And he uses whatever he can. And in I know we have arguments. Well, we all have arguments. Never leave the toilet seat up. I mean, that goes on and <laughs> go me to the grave. But I'm learned. I, I do it. I put it down. So all these little things that happen to us, mm. 
Yes, there are arguments, but not a mad fight that gets into your spirit yeah. and that turns into anger and eventually mm. into hatred That's and the right. devil says, now I've got you. We don't want that. This right. family here, we are all part of this family, the old and the young. Yeah. And we operate as a family that we consider each other and be there one for the other. Mm. Mm. I'm going to just end now because I can't go on with all this stuff. Uh, even my eyes are picking up. The children's children, the children's children are the crown for the aged. Sure. I think that is for us. And remember, folk, it's a step at a time. For all of us, no matter where we are in our Christian walk, it's a step at a time. It doesn't happen by osmosis or kumbala. What, are they, what do they call it? Kumbaya. Yeah. Yeah. Kumbaya. Yeah. One step at a time. And we're still doing those steps. I know my steps are shaky now. But um, we still, will still continue. And Jesus is the one who takes us and leads us on. Yeah. So for everyone here in this assembly, in this assembly of family, I say the Lord bless each one of you from the young to the old. And one more thing. When you see children, you know that God hasn't given up. Mm. That's right. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Because the Lord, when you see people still having children, you know God hasn't given up on us yet. Yeah. Thank you. Excellent. Good, guys. Fantastic. I know we've, I know we've gone over, but I'm, I'm doing a test of family patience today. Okay? It's weird. Why? It's half an hour of your life. Okay? It's half an hour. Not, not, not another half an hour, but it's not that much. Okay? I want to talk to Caleb and Naomi here. Okay? Kind of stuff. Because you guys, you raise a differently abled child and the challenges that has and stuff. You can stand if you want to and face the people that can see you, okay, and stuff. Maybe, maybe explain Kuda's situation and how it is and then, you know, talk to us a little bit about the love that you have for your child but the challenges that comes along with that. So this is Caleb and Naomi. Hi, everyone. So Kuda is nine years old and he is non-verbal autistic. Uh, just to explain uh, what is autistic, let me read. My English might fail me. <laughs> <laughs> so, autis, autism, ASD, which means autism spectrum disorder, it is a condition related to brain development that impacts how a person perceives and socializes with others causing problems in social and interaction communications. That's the condition. Yeah, yeah that's good. So that's, that's challenges. So now, but your love for your child doesn't change. Just describe that love for you, for your child, but then the reality of what challenges that many other people don't understand that you guys face. Uh, we face so many challenges, but the main challenge is the lack of awareness in the community. Because everywhere you go, there is people. But if people around you doesn't understand yeah. what is going on with your child, sometimes they might try to help you, but makes things worse for you. Yeah. Because he doesn't want that. Uh, yeah, we can yeah um, the love for him is, is the same with the other, my other little girl as well, Tasha. Nothing has changed. We just love them as 
the same and as they are. India is just to add to the challenges. I think it's more like the awareness of what, what is it exactly. Um, especially, you know, you can't do simple things that we normally do. Even coming to church as a family, we can't come with him. Um, we, ex we, we alternate, she, she stays with him at home one weekend, I do the other weekend. Or today we had to actually hire someone to come and stay with him. So simple things like that, you know, like going to a shopping mall and all that, and awareness as well. Uh, as you, if you are walking in a shopping mall, if he screams, and then you just hear some people saying, hi, Bo, what's that? You know, um, bad parenting, chin, you know, calling all those names. And I know it's an issue that's happened. Maybe people are not aware, um, but probably they need to be, like, you know, more awareness exactly what does, um, you know, this autism mean or people who have special needs, their challenges, and having the community to be more understanding other than just quick to judge your parenting skills yeah. or, and before they know the background. That's right. So it's so important we understand that, you yeah. see. Now we can judge very quickly because we're ignorant of the challenges that this amazing couple walk through with their child. But they still love him the same. And you know what? We still also love him the same and love them the same. There's no difference. So just quickly wrap up the role the church community has played for you guys. Yeah, I think it, it has been great to be you know, in a church set up like um, we are from Zim and like 3,000 kilometers away from home. So it's just us. We don't have much family here. But being at the Bay, we have been given, you know, like a big extended family uh, with a lot of people. I mean, you guys, you and um, Ero, you visited our place, see him firsthand and you experience it. And um, like I have a, a number of people that I can talk to, uh, even if I don't have my parents here, but I have, you know, new parents like Ero and, and, and Trace. But funny enough, like we're almost the same age, but... <laughs> 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 Probably they were quick, but anyway. Um, yeah, and, and like I have a, a band of brothers that I share, I share with, I mean, we have a, a prayer group that I have. Um, I sometimes, like, it gets really, really challenging. You just need someone to talk to. You just need someone to pray with you. I have um, Tino, I have Matt, I have Ashwin, I have Shoes, that I can say, guys, it's, it's tough this week. I can't really, you know... Um, I, can't, I cannot really stand now. I just need your prayers. And then we, we can pray, we can share. So that's the role the church has played as well. And yeah, she wanted to talk about support. We also, here at the church, we have a support group uh, that we do. Our aim was to do once per month, but because of COVID, it has changed. So there is a group that's happening here at church where we meet other people with different disabled child. Uh, where we can share ideas and just share your journey, just tell your story, share your difficulties, and you just know that you are not alone. You are in this with other people. Mm. So it is really a good place and a really good thing for you to have people to talk to. A group, we have a WhatsApp group where you can send SMS and just say something, whatever you feel, and ask each other's questions. How did you go about this? So it is a really nice support. Um, if we have a disabled child, we are having that support group this coming Saturday from 10 to 12. We are at church. Mm. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. You see, the, the power of all, we've all got different challenges, all different things, but still makes us one. 
Okay, so now our understanding is better for them. So now we don't have judgment and harshness. Last one. Okay, I'm going to speak to Joe and Ray. Come stand this side. I realize we were off this video that we've got to worry about online stuff. Now, Joe and Ray have been incredible um, stewards with this regards to orphans and the heart for raising orphans and stuff. So what, you know, what led you guys to firstly adopt a child? I, I think, well, I know <clears throat> earlier in our marriage, God really spoke to us about his heart for widows and orphans. And it's a biblical thing. You look in James, you look in many scriptures, and God's heart is, that's pure religion, James says, to care for widows and orphans. So right through our life, I think Joe mainly directly has always been involved, wherever we've been, has been involved with widows and vulnerable children, with the church responding to particular needs. <clears throat> I think then when we hit the UK, uh, South Africa, we hit Maritzburg, and then in an area around Maritzburg, there were five, half a million orphans, and it stirs sure. you again, thinking, well, what do we as church do? And then right through, you know, Joe has been involved in projects in Maritzburg, projects in Cape Town, Zim, um, Mozambique, and I'm there supporting her, and part of that as well. So it's, that's, this, it's God's heart for widows and orphans, I think, will be the start. And then we've been involved in various different, plays out in different ways, whether it's um, um, people who have, who have not got fathers, fatherless, who need encouragement, mm. and we've been encouraged at all different levels, whether it's um, just caring, sometimes we've, we've cared for babies in emergency care, and then there's Isaac. <laughs> okay, I'm just very aware of time. Just, just do, do you want to ask the, the next question? Okay, okay fine. <laughs> I think there's so much that we can say. I think, I think one of the things of raising an orphan in our own home, through the experiences God had taken us through, he'd, he'd prepared us. Not that you're, you're, you're ever totally pre prepared in, in parenting, um, but um, yeah, we, we in fact, when, when Isaac came, came to us, we had four children aged between 15 and 20. So it wasn't really the time that you look, look to adopt. Up until <laughs> till that time, we'd been involved, as Ray said, in emergency care and lots and lots of sort of is, is establishing com community-based based programs and things. And how, how did we know? We just knew, and it was, it was such a Holy Spirit thing. I can still, and I, have, I should get very emotional, I can still vi visualize this, this little boy 15 and a half years ago who we took as, 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 as a four and a half month old. His backstory is his to tell, um, but I remember going and collecting him. I was at work, and it was an ov overnight thing. And he sat beside me in, in the chair, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, he's come to stay. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. So you just knew. Now, <laughs> There's lots more I could say. And the reality is you're Matt. They've adopted. Yeah. Kai, your so daughter the and Joby. Yeah. The reality is I think God is always about so much more. And as we trust him, and there have been times I've fallen on my knees and said, God, I can't. God, it's a big ask. Mm. We moved to Zim. And we left our support system behind, which, which at that stage was, was our kids. Um, and that was really, really tough. But the church. And if it wasn't for being part of a church community, everywhere we've gone, I would have sunk. 
but God has, has, has given us grandparents, aunties and un uncles, people who have prayed, people who have allowed us just to cry, pe people who have allowed us to say, I just can't. Um, and that's what the church has really meant, meant yeah. to us. It's, it's, it's been a crucial, crucial part. Mm. We, we, we don't have our extended family here, so our extended family are all in the U UK. Um, so it's been amazing for us that with all of our kids, God's provided that through, yeah. through his church. Yeah, Powerful. a vital part. Thank you. Is that okay? Amazing. Yeah, perfect. Thank you, thank you. Come, let's stand together. As one body, there's the power in it. I'm sorry we've gone over, but uh, this was an extended, extended family time. <laughs> Father, we thank you that we are one because of what you have done for us. Thank you that we come from so many different places to come and make this place together and stand here with the diversities, the challenges, the, the brewing of our hearts, but yet we come here together and are one in you, Lord Jesus. So, Father, we pray that over this church family, Lord, you will continue to lead us. When one suffers, we all feel that pain, Lord. When one rejoices, when one, um, the victory, we all rejoice with that person, Lord. Knit our hearts together, Lord, because what we've learned in the last 20 months, we need each other. We need each other in this time and the season. So lead us forward. Take us on to all you've got for us. And we ask this in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Sorry that went on. But I um, trust you're encouraged by incredible stories and words. Have an amazing week.